Poldark Fancast, a podcast that usually talks about Poldark, and we are your hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me tumbling on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Musings. And my name is Rita. I live in England. I sometimes tumble on Princess of Poldark, and I tweet at Rita Bites. And welcome back to another quarantine mini-sode. We're here every week during the coronavirus crisis with a new mini-sized podcast to listen to, where we discuss something we watched that week. Now this week we watched the British miniseries North and South, but as always, before we talk about the show, let's learn about it in our Wikipedia corner. So, uh, North and South is a British television historical drama program produced by the BBC. It follows the story of Margaret Hale, uh, who was played by Daniela Denbiash, a young woman from southern England who has to move to the north after her father decides to leave the clergy. The family struggles to adjust itself to the industrial town's customs, especially after meeting the Thorntons, a proud family of cotton mill owners who seem to despise their social inferiors. The story explores the issues of class and gender as Margaret's sympathy for the town mill workers clashes with her growing attraction to John Thornton, who's played by, you know, the ever-dreamy Richard Armitage. Uh, The show's based on the 1855 Victorian novel North and South by Elizabeth Gaskell. It's one of her best-known novels and was adapted for television three times, once in 1966, once in 1975, where Patrick Stewart, with actual hair and everything, played Mr. Thornton and Rosalie Shanks played Margaret Hale. And then, of course, we have the 2004 version. I Just everybody Google the images of that because I still I still can't wrap my head around him having a full head of hair. Anyway, North and South uh, originally appeared in 20 weekly episodes from September 1954 to January 1955 in a periodical called Household Words, uh, edited by Charles Dickens. Um, During this period, Charles Dickens dealt with the same theme in Hard Times, also a social novel, uh, which was published in the magazine from April to August 1954. I read some things about how she had to like check in with him and be like hey dude are you writing a strike because I'm writing a strike and we can't we can't have the same thing going on at the same time. Anyway it was adapted for television by Sandy Welch writer of 2006's Jane Eyre adaptation the one with Toby Stevens i.e. the only good one that exists (laughs) and the 2009 Emma adaptation the one with Johnny Lee Miller, um, and directed by Brian Percival. Uh, the show was originally broadcast in four episodes on BBC One in November and December t- 2004. Uh, as the BBC had low expectations for the series, it was not well publicized and almost and went almost unnoticed by c- critics. Audiences, however, were more receptive. Hours after the first episode aired in November. 2004, the message board of the program's website crashed because of the number of visitors the site was receiving, forcing it to shut down. Wow. (laughs) Um, This sudden interest on the serial was attributed to Richard Armitage, 
a relatively unknown actor whose portrayal of the emotionally restrained John Thornton drew parallels with Colin Firth's portrayal of Fitzwilliam Darcy on the BBC's 1995 miniseries Pride and Prejudice and the reception he later received. Armitage himself claims that the series was a success because of the, quote, industrial landscape and the attention that the series gives to the working classes and the way they develop. The, rea the reaction to the series was a surprise to the BBC, who then decided to release the DVD, which, thank God, they did, because otherwise, we would not be having this conversation. <laughs> Because it is nowhere to be found oh. streaming here in the States. Oh my god, it's on Amazon Prime in the UK, but, you know. It shows up in searches on Amazon Prime um, here in the States, but then it says, This video is unavailable. Which is just like, you tease. What are you doing? Like, either give it to people or don't. <laughs> don't, don't show up on search bars. Exactly. Um... Exactly. Don't give us hope to carry on and then say, oh, <laughs> psych. <laughs> um, so have you read the novel or seen any of the other adaptations? I'm now very curious about the Patrick Stewart one, not going to lie. Um, no, I have not. Well, let me take that back. I've not seen any of the adaptations, although just like you, now that I've seen the pictures, <laughs> I want to find it. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> because, well, one of the things is, you know, the actor that plays um, uh, her father in the 2004 version also has a role in the 1975 <gasps> version. And I hadn't, I hadn't spun down the rabbit hole far enough to find out who he played. But yeah. That's insane. <laughs> I wonder who I know, right? He played. Maybe he played one of the miners, not the miners. Christ, Poldock is in me. Uh, <laughs> one of the and will forever be. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I kept I kept getting like really bored during some of the rioting scenes. I was like, "Oh, Poldock has ruined this for me. I used to love this shit, but now I'm like, oh god." <laughs> Oh, man, they're making me open up uh, IMDb to find out who who he was. So Who are you? This is going to take me a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I have not seen any of the other um, uh, adaptations. I have listened to the audiobook. <gasps> who read it? Was it good? Loved it. I, like, I didn't read the book until after I'd watched this series. Um, mm -hmm. I'd never really even heard of the book before I saw this series. And I think I kind of prefer the book in many ways. Like, I know this the is, like, going to be, like, blasphemy for people who are like, ah, this is a perfect series. But I actually, like, <laughs> comparing it, I find it slightly worse. <laughs> oh god that's funny that's funny um the the book is fantastic um it was one of the first audiobooks that i listened to 
I've got to clear out my library because this is absurd. <laughs> um, oh my God. Sense and Sensibility, Emma, Romeo and Juliet, Persuade North and South. This audio program is brought to you courtesy of Audible.com. Sorry. Hang on a second. Uh, it's you're going to love me. Hey, hey, hey. It's Juliet Stevenson. <gasps> okay. Anything read by her is amazing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And that was the reason why I wound up um, uh, downloading it was because um, I had just finished one that she had read and I loved it so much that I went searching for other audiobooks where she'd done the readings and I saw, ooh, North and South. Mm, let me let me read that. Cause I'd seen the movie or the the miniseries and uh wanted to uh, listen to the audiobook and the audiobook is just fantastic. It is so worth the listen. So we all know how we're gonna be spending this month's credits then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, how about you? Have you seen, have you, um, well, okay, you're, sorry, you're, you already answered that question. I was going down rabbit holes when you did that, and I'm, I'm still doing that, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, babble, babble, babble. What did you think overall, Rita? Um, I don't know that I was in the right frame of mind to watch this incredibly bleak series where, like, six different people die and everyone's miserable and they're <clears throat> starving and like I'm like uh, yeah yeah it's a very hard watch if you're not in a good mood i was like this is bleak and i'm struggling the romance is great but that that is very like there was not as much romance as i remembered and yeah, i was exactly. uh huh I was just like, oh, this is all awful and everyone's dying. And Bessie, Bessie, I loved you, Bessie. Why oh, did you have to Bessie, die? And, uh, Bessie's death was just horrid. I don't want to be <laughs> seeing people cough up right now. Like, <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> generally, I do love this and I think it's like, a really great period drama, but it was tough this time, man, you know? It was. Um, I um, found uh, the same thing. Uh, I mean, think one of the reasons why I watched this adaptation was um, it, it's all um, Downton Abbey's fault <laughs> um, because I fell in love with Mr. Bates Oh, God. I did not, so this is going to be... I was... um, Or maybe it was... I'd seen uh, Lark's Ride to Candleford. Oh, that makes more sense. And first... Yeah, and first noticed uh, Brendan Coyle. um, And really enjoyed his performance. Although... Is it just me, or does he seem to wind up getting typecast playing the um, the uh, angry labor uh, union person yeah. in most of these things? I think he, he does. does. And in um, this version, he was exactly the same, but in like a Marlon Brando cap. Yes. That was awkward. Yes. 
Um, so uh, anyhow, um, saw Brendan Coyle, then um, Downton Abbey came on, and I was like, oh, there he is again. And oh, so everywhere. I started to look for other things. Yeah, I started to look for other things that he performed in and um, uh, discovered North and South. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. Oh, Richard Armitage is <laughs> in this. Which, you know, I had watched um, um, MI5, which is called Spooks over in the UK. But, you know, for obvious reasons, that was a no-go over yeah. here in the States. <laughs> Completely um, different meaning, just and, to be clear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was, Richard Armitage was in that. And um, have you watched the show? I haven't watched. I think we've talked about this. Uh, I just watched the uh, Matthew McFadden years um, back when it oh, first okay. aired. And I have, okay. I've, it's one of those shows they've recently put on uh, BBC iPlayer. And it was going to be one of my quarantine mm-hmm. watches. Um, but weirdly, coronavirus has made me not want to watch things that make me anxious. Funny about that. Uh, yeah. So I never yeah. got around to watching it. <laughs> Surprise. I'm like, I'm going to stick with these sitcoms instead. Yeah. He uh, he is one of the leads in um, the later series of uh, MI5. And um, I was like, oh. Have you seen him in The Vicar of Dibley? Have you seen The Vicar of Dibley? In the who? The what? There's... um. In the 90s, there was this sitcom in England called The Vicar of Dibley with Dawn French, who's like this plus-sized <clears throat> comedian, and um, she's obviously a female vicar. This was like a huge thing in the late 90s. Um, and then, like, a few seasons in, Richard Armitage comes in, and they have a romance that is very sort of like Jane austen and he's all, like, brooding and silent, and it's just magnificent. <laughs> And the scene oh, where he wow. where he proposes to her is one of the cutest things you'll ever see. They sort of like reference sense oh. and sensibility in it. You everybody go out and watch Vicar Dibley. It's great. <laughs> oh man. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I this has always been one of my favorites. Um and um you know, I I was, you know, more than happy to watch it again. But uh, you know, honestly hadn't remembered it being so <laughs> depressing <laughs> well it was like everything was covered in it looked like everything was covered in coal dust yeah and it just looked so depressing which you know was part of the the, the plan you know you go to this the the south of uh england and it is verdant and colorful and and vibrant and oh wow and then you get up to the north and it's like we are living in a black and white movie (laughs) i find that a little bit ridiculous though where everybody's like oh the clean air of the south and it's like you live in fucking london it's called the big smoke like everything you would have seen it would be covered in a heavy layer of soot what are you talking about (laughs) Honestly, honestly, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, favorite characters and performances. I mean, Richard Armitage, like, is a shining beacon of gorgeousness in this very bleak, uh, very bleak yes. show. <laughs> he is, like, yes. really, like, engaging and, like, dynamic in absolutely every scene where I think sometimes some other people 
a very like we're in a period drama and we're being posh and then he's there being all <laughs> dead and northern and like you know how he's called emotionally repressed in the description i do not find yeah. that to be true he is very no. emotional <laughs> all the time he's like i he, love he you is, <laughs> he, he, he is he is at simmer the entire time i mean and simmer verging on boil <laughs> i mean the first time um, we meet him he is literally beating a man to his near death uh, I don't yeah. know that he is like repressed, Mister Enigma no. here. <laughs> He's not leaping all over himself to to promise hearts and flowers. But the the scene that uh, you know where he goes to propose to her, yeah, I mean that is one of the most impassioned scenes that you know we've seen in um, British period drama. Usually, when somebody proposes, it's like. I think of you, um, uh, you, you seem very nice. We would have a nice life together. And he's like, I love you! <laughs> exactly. I, the, the image that popped into my head, of course, was Mr. Collins yeah. to um, Elizabeth Bennet in uh, you know, our very favorite Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> the only one that he's exists. Holding, he's holding the little tiny flower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then rambles into his speech. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, uh, how about any, any other favorite characters? I really liked, um, whoever played his mother. Oh, Um, yeah. I've not seen that actress very much. Apparently her name is Sinead Cusack. I'm like, I need to watch her in more things because she is just amazing. I think, like. Yeah, she's, she is an incredible actress. I think, like, out, on rewatch, I was most impressed by her and also the actress that plays his sister. She is really funny in an unintentional way. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, like, since I last watched this, like, a lot of these actors have, like, popped up in everything. So I was like, um, you know, the, the chick that plays yeah. uh, Bessie is Anna Maxwell Martin is in, like, literally everything I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, you're <laughs> Bessie! <laughs> I was like, of course. <laughs> and she plays such, like, posh southern girls. I think she's, um... She plays Cassandra in Becoming Jane, so um, mm-hmm. another period drama for everybody to watch. Um, so I, yeah, I've just seen her and everything. So it was like ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, and then also Rupert Evans showed up, and I was like, what the hell <laughs> is it? Like everybody who's ever been English and acting in this as well. Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty. Um... That was pretty, pretty cool. What about you? I um, have loved the actress who plays um, Bessie. Um, oh, yeah. For ages. I mean, she's so good. And, you know, of course, she's in, um, she's in, is she, she's in Death to Pemberley, right? No, 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 no. That's, um. They look very similar, though. someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Yeah. Um, I think that um, I I really enjoyed. Um, She's in Line of Dindy Duty. Ash's performance. Apparently, she was in Line of Duty. That's probably where I've seen her recently. Whoa, wow! And okay. she's on a Netflix show called Motherland. If anybody wants to check hmm. it out, uh, that's uh, definitely a comedy, which is strange to me. Mm-hmm. 
And she was <laughs> she like, played oh gosh, Mary Shelley in the Frankenstein Chronicles, which I remember at ITV trying to pump out to us uh, when they did the Radio Times panel for Polduck that I attended. I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm sorry, ITV, but that looks bad. <laughs> God. And surely that show got cancelled straight away. <laughs> you know, the dude that plays um, the the guy who's caught smoking. Oh, yeah. You know, the one that starts everything. Does he have a name? I don't know. There were times that I found him to be a little overwrought. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I understand that his his plight is um, miserable. It's a it's a miserable um, situation that he is in, but um, you know there was an awful lot of running around with mouth hanging open, and you know I feel like they walked past that one cemetery. There's like one cemetery on a hill in yes. the whole of fake Manchester, and they use that same set. Yes. I think I shouldn't have binge watched this because you really notice how cheap this was filmed. <laughs> like they use the same set. <laughs> And the same scene, and like that weird little side alley thing that's in front of the Hale's house, and that they keep trying to redress it to make it look different and dynamic, and it just looks. There's one scene where he's uh, Mr. Thornton standing right next to a barrel full of pigs' heads, which was truly yes! disgusting. I couldn't. Oh, what ooh. was going on in that scene? I couldn't tell you because I was just looking at the pigs' heads. Oh, yeah, it was one of those moments where I was like. Oh, if you tell me that that is going to wind up being sold to people to eat, I think I'm 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 gonna just die right here on the spot. Um, but you know it was, you know it was, you know it was, and I mean, they would have the, the, the pig. Up the pig, you could practically use the entire animal, so yeah. they wouldn't be throwing that stuff away. Unfortunately, oh god, oh. there goes my stuff. Okay, let's stop oh. thinking about pigs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, I, I have to inform you, um, my rabbit hole searching has been successful. Yay! The gentleman who plays, um, the father, uh, Richard Hale, in the 2005 version, his name is, uh, Tim Pickett-Smith, plays Frederick Hale. (gasps) Oh, okay, that makes sense. In the 1975 so you know this means and that he when plays the brother when Rupert Evans is old enough to play Richard Hale, that's when they can remake it. Because that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But yeah, okay. I thought I I uh, I rather liked his per- I I liked her parents' performances, even though I I found her parents not to be likable. Uh, very likable at all, really, you know? I have a real problem with the mother in this situation who is, like, so... She is very, like, a whiny bitch is how I would call (laughs) 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 Always complaining, like, where are we going? It's so smuggy and horrible here. Oh, I'm an invalid. (laughs) And, like get so offended that her husband would have principles like i know you've been married to him for how long you knew he was like this <laughs> but you know she was settled into her lovely she was settled into her lovely life um you know as the vicar's wife in in helston 
Also, they kept going on about how amazing that place was. It looks like everywhere in England. I'm sorry. It's just... <laughs> it's like it could be anywhere. You you could... There are places in the north that look like that. You didn't have to go <laughs> to, like, a smog-filled city. You could have gone to the countryside. I mean, it's just strange. I, I'm very confused by that whole situation. And also, like... The backstory with Frederick Hale in general. Do we care? Question. <laughs> Does anybody care about her brother? <laughs> uh, me, not so much. Although the letter that she wrote him and put into the letterbox, her, her handwriting was spectacular. Oh, everybody's was back then. I think, you know, if you spend that much time writing letters you got to... Yeah, true enough. True enough. But I mean, it looked like something that you would find in a, a font portfolio now. <laughs> oh, somebody definitely got hired as a calligrapher just for that shot alone. Oh, Get yeah. Get that money. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that whole plot point seems just like to go nowhere as well because they never actually get him his freedom. He's just going to live in Spain now, I guess. Right. Right. It just creates yet another um, uh, another misunderstanding situation for them to misunderstand one another. Like we haven't had seventeen of those at that point. Exactly. It's like you know what? Enough's enough. Enough's enough. Let them work this shit out. Okay, at, please. At, at some point, they've got to actually just talk to each other and explain what's yeah. going on. Yeah, and to be honest, they mm-hmm. don't actually in in this version. No. She just gets off a train and is like, "Oh, hi, you're here." Yeah, and and she has a business proposition. Meanwhile, I'm going to stroke my my little pinky across your hand. Yeah, I had uh, like swoon. It's very gorgeous to watch, but I'm also like they're kissing on a train platform in public. Yeah. in 1855. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're really shitting really? all over this, but like. It's enjoyable, but there's some, like, dissonance between what I think is likely and what's going on on screen. Well, you know, as far as as that's concerned, you know, if um, his mother was insistent upon him going over to uh, propose to the, to Margaret, because Margaret happened to uh, kind of throw her arms around him... She was a human shield to try and protect him from, you know, the the rioters downstairs. Uh, She would be dragging them to the church if she'd seen all of the shenanigans going on uh, on that train platform. And also on the train itself. They're still very snuggly. I'm like, you're still in public, people. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, guys. um... (laughs) Even if you get married. Chill out, just like in public, <laughs> at least. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's gosh. like this is really depressing. But those two people were really horny throughout it because, like, there was tension oh, yeah. in absolutely all yeah. of their scenes, and I was like, "What is there to be horny about? Everyone is dying. <laughs> it's constantly dark and grey." I, you know, I counted how many people died, and it was five. Plus the added death of Belle down the line. So, mm-hmm. you know, four episodes, six deaths. And then there's also, like, all of the off-screen off casualties of, like, orphaned 
people and mm-hmm. like oh wait no seven because Did... what's his face's wife died you know wife died mm-hmm. uh, i was just about to ask you if you included her in your count <laughs> great okay so we have seven deaths <laughs> yep uh, that's gotta be a new record <laughs> uh, uh, i was really looking forward to this on it uh, on instagram everybody's like yeah this is my favorite show and i like seriously look in the mirror people why do you enjoy such misery <laughs> hey we need to also face that that mirror itself girl so if we're not prepared to answer that question we can't insist uh that our audience do the same but um <laughs> i mean i think <laughs> we all know that i'm broken <laughs> Um, you know, I think that, you know, I, here's the thing. I honestly think that if we were in a different time where we weren't living through a pandemic that has taken the lives of so very many people, you know, 160,000, uh, you know, plus, 160 plus thousand people here in the United States alone, um, that we probably wouldn't be as, I don't want to say hypersensitive because I don't think that's what it is. I think we're just, we're living in a time where, you know, it's, things are kind of bleak here as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's only uh, fitting that, you know, we find that this is resonating differently. Um, than it did when you know we first watched it. I think that also just tells us that we as viewers do not appreciate the actual suffering of these characters until we sort of live a life that is similar in the coughing to our deaths kind of a way. Um, <laughs> we watched this the first time and we were like, oh, it's swoony and they're so different exactly. from each other. We were all blasé about it. And now we're like, we're like, Oh, everyone's dying around them. The world is crumbling. He's lost his business. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, way too many parallels here. <laughs> I'm like, how did I Way too this? many parallels this is really here. dark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So blame it on Corona. Uh, another, another piece of fiction lost to Corona. Well, no. R.I.P. <laughs> Thanks, Corona. Um, let's see. Was there anything that you didn't like? I don't know if we really talked about that. <laughs> you may have woven some of that in, uh, but uh, there, was there anything in particular that you didn't like? Um, I just didn't like how cheap everything looked. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> this was done on the cheap. I think it's like the same sets over and over again. Just uh, you get tired of watching like the the same color gradient on everything as well. Like it was yeah. very dark all the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, it it did look like it was a black and white film. It like we switched from color to black and white whenever the trip back and forth was made. And I I'm sure that that was intentional, but. Um, bit heavy-handed Again. though like i think we could have got yeah. poverty without like even in poldark one of the few things i'll give them is that they managed to make poverty that wasn't like a cliche like of like smut covered yeah. children 
reaching. There was one scene where a small child just reached out her hand towards Richard Armitage, and I was like, "Oh, yes. <laughs> this is a cliche." <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, please, sir. Can I, I, you you wouldn't have been surprised to hear the words, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" <laughs> come out of the child's mouth. <laughs> Except that was probably copywritten by Charles, Charles Dickens. Dickens. Never would have allowed it uh, as her editor. He would have caught that shit straight away. Yeah, would have gone. Nope. Eh, 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 eh. Nice try, Lizzie. <laughs> um, anything that you did like? Um, well, I mentioned the the dude that kind of instigated all of the 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 fallout. Um, though to be fair to him. I kind of blamed Bates for all of this. I was like, just let him not participate. <laughs> Six children and a sick wife. Come on, what did you think was exactly. going to happen? Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, I really can't think of anything other than um, just how flippin' bleak it was. But that that could be influenced by my current <laughs> state of mind. <laughs> Hashtag take your meds, I think Michelle. This is the correct. <laughs> <laughs> I am on my medication, and even oh. I found it hard. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm gonna skip out on that stuff now? Oh hell no. <laughs> no. I'm. 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 I'm a pill popping mama. Thank you very much. <laughs> if I wasn't, I would be underneath this desk, crying and rocking well... back and forth. <laughs> You would be going full, full whatever. What was that guy's name? Like, yes, should have Boucher. Oh yeah, we, should, we, we would all be going full Boucher. Who I think, who by the way, I think drowned himself in like the I shallowest know, creek you have ever seen. So that's a real depression. You yeah, gotta really know, want death. I know. And honestly, folks, you know we're we are not we're we are not making light of um, you know the the issues with anxiety. Or depression, um, in the slightest. Um, I think. Hey, we love to cope. Exactly. You know, it's it's, it's one of our, our coping mechanisms uh, to to address you know the the challenges we face um, every day. So we're we're not making light of it. Um, but you know, this probably isn't the the time or place to to do a, a show on anxiety and depression you know what would be fun if they did a period drama where somebody was like depressed or <laughs> mentally ill in some way uh, you know okay. you know if it wasn't so it wouldn't end well would it they would get institutionalized and get like electroshock therapy wouldn't they yeah okay i take it back i mean we can't yeah, discuss I've... this topic plus i was going to say um you know if it wasn't so bloody early in the morning i'm sure we could name several that have had this this thread running through them. I mean, hell, um, how about um, Far From the Madding Crowd? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I just always think, like, Tom Hardy, it's just all out of the drama. It's like <laughs> the drama made them do it. <laughs> also see Tess the D'Abervilles. Why do they do so many weird shit? It's just the drama of it all. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, okay, what would you give this adaptation out of ten? <laughs> My conscience says eight, but, like, I didn't enjoy it 
at an eight this time you know it was much more like a six yeah but you know pre-covid eight during covid six i'm just like not emotionally equipped to handle this series right now (laughs) (laughs) just so weird because i was like yay we're doing north and south i'm so excited to do a mini series and i just oh god me too it was hard work oh yeah this this episode required some some adult beverages and i sadly did not take advantage of of that <laughs> at all um i was too sober for this film it, yes Ugh. uh so yeah i would i would probably give it the exact same rating um you know before uh all of this before 2020's dumpster fire um this was one of my favorites uh it was one of my go-tos to to watch as a matter of fact i was I've watched it so many times that when I went to to try and find it streaming, um, I was kind of shocked and pissed off that it wasn't available <laughs> anymore. Um, uh, but, you know, if we need some other suggestions, I now have both Cranford and Wives and Daughters as part of the three show set that I had to purchase. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So, I've never seen Wives and Daughters. Yeah, so go on the yeah. list. So I've I've got that one now. But uh, anyway, um, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, inbox. So we do yes. the inbox. inbox. Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, we got anonymous in our little ask box. We haven't had an, an anonymous message for a while, so I was like, "Yay, people are still listening and around there." <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> they said. No luck finding North and South streaming in the US. Mm-hmm. I do have a future suggestion. A new version of Rebecca is coming out in October on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Downton Abbey is too long, but I think most of the group have watched it. So perhaps a single episode would be fun. Season 1, Episode 3 with Mr. <laughs> Pamuk smiley oh face. <laughs> Who really got fun. to do the Pamuk episode? That could be really fun. <laughs> oh Mr. god! <laughs> I bet does he die like in the first twenty minutes of the show or something? Because I remember like the ad break happening and them them trying to like lift his body out of the <laughs> bed and move it. Out of the bed. Oh my god! Oh, we my gotta god. do it. Oh god, that would be funny. Um. Okay. And- Hi. Oh, go ahead. Um, and the Rebecca, like, I, it's been on my radar that we should mm-hmm. do it because it, it is, yeah. weirdly, Rebecca is the book I read on the beach, which is really what? weird, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But to be fair, it starts off in, like, Monaco, I think, and they're all, like, driving around in the hills, like, being glamorous, and then it turns into a gritty, like, thriller. Um, but the casting for that is really, really weird. Do you want to Google it so you can imagine yeah, how terrible yeah. this movie is? Let me do that. Rebecca. Whoa. Army Whoa. Hammer. What the and hell? Lee James. Yes. What? Isn't this just weird ass casting? Like, nothing about it makes sense to me. What? Oh. Oh. Well, okay. We may have to watch it simply for... To see how they do this what the hell is going on why did they make these choices and like maybe it will be good but i doubt it yeah yeah Uh, oh christian scott thomas is involved Mm -hmm. so yeah i love her yeah but the rest is a mess isn't it (laughs) 
Well, guess who else is in it? Hey. Our very own John Hollingsworth. Or Hollingsworth. <gasps> he shows weird. up in the cast as Major Giles something. But yeah. What? 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 <laughs> I'm breaking. <laughs> this whole movie <laughs> it just confuses me. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the dude that played... Um, uh, Cedric Diggory's dad in Goblet of Fire, he's in it. Uh, um. <laughs> so you got all the stars. Oh, okay. Okay, strangeness, but we, we will, I think we'll have to do we'll it. We'll have to watch we'll it. We'll have to do it. A- even just to trash it, as I know I will. Let's see. Hi, girls. Just thought you might be interested to know that Poldark lives on. The BBC are broadcasting an abridged audio version of The Miller's Dance on Radio 4 every day for 10 days, starting Monday, the 17th of August. Oh, uh, yesterday. So yesterday. <laughs> and um, at 12.04 and repeated at 22.45 p.m. Um, also available on their website and via BBC Sounds. Uh, they have chosen the Miller's Dance, but as far as I know, The Stranger from the Sea has never been broadcast. They are obviously treating the Miller's Dance as a standalone story, although... I have seen it introduced as continuing the story from the TV series, but 10 years after series five. That's confusing. Um, yeah, sure is. Um, uh, I know you two have read, listened to all the books, but please pass this on to others who may not have got that far through the series. It might rekindle interest in the next generation. I'm enjoying the latest podcasts for the films series I've managed to see during this strange year. Glad to still hear your friendly, familiar voices. Keep up the good work. Thanks, ladies. Grace. Thank you, Grace. Well, thank you very much, Grace. And thanks for that uh, tip on the audiobook for Miller's Dance. Still really strange to me. Why would you skip an entire book, BBC? But okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, that <laughs> that's all from us in this week's very long Minisode. Sorry that we got so bogged down in how depressed we were. Uh, we'll be back yeah. next week where we'll be watching the film Radioactive, which I now fear will be also full of <laughs> death and people slowly dying. Uh, it's the Marie Curie. Marie Curie. Oh, how do you say her name again? Marie Curie, bio- Marie Curie. <laughs> biopic yeah. that was recently purchased by Amazon, so it's now available on your Prime account. Yay, Michelle, we don't have to spend money this week. Yay. Thank God. Okay. Yay. Please brace yourself for us to yet again talk about <laughs> how we didn't need to watch this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, if you, I'm going to try and be optimistic. Damn it! She's gonna just slowly. You do know that she's gonna slowly die of the radiation that she has discovered. Uh, yes, I, yes. Yeah. So, if you have any other suggestions about what we could watch, like maybe suggest something where people don't die so much, would be like right. really great. Uh, then please get in contact. You can message us on our blog, email us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com or find us on your social medias at poldarkfancast and as ever, do us a huge solid and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or like wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Stay two metres apart from everyone or if you can't do that, stay at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before we say goodbye, 
those of you um, here in the States, don't forget to register for to vote and get your mail-in ballots now. And uh, when you get them, vote right away and send them in. Really soon. Because we're not, yeah, because we're, we're not going to let the shenanigans going on. If you can find a mailbox, good luck with that. I hope it's not like the golden snitch. <laughs> and you're like, ah. But uh, your mailbox, um, your um, county drop boxes um, for the ballots, um, just vote, vote, vote. <laughs> okay, I'll get off my, I'll get off my platform now. Have fun, everyone. We'll see you next week where more people will die. Bye-bye. <laughs> the rap so mic it here's a little story and you're sure to like it swift and sly and a plain and cool with my home girl Paula Together.